0: You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon So I've noticed that as summer rolls along, Shannon, that, you know, I had a chance to get with a whole bunch of family right at the very beginning of summer. They, they all just came in town for kind of this impromptu uh, family reunion, daughter's birthday, etc. And, you know, when, when family gets together, it's one of those, you love it and you hate it. You know?
1: <laughs> a but, love-hate relationship with the family reunion. Huh? Yeah,
0: it, I mean, I love the family, but it's, it, it's those... I don't know. Differences are just exacerbated sometimes in the way you do life, and the way you parent, and the way you deal with things, and the way you deal with your mar- marriage, and the respect you give your spouse. And you know, I think that's one of the things I love about Sexy Marriage Radio is the the fact that our our universal theme and goal is making married sex the absolute best thing it could possibly be, and then making your family life the best it could possibly be. And, and we try to keep, leave a lot of variation to where it can apply to whatever it needs to be for each person that listens. Because, you know, Sexy Marriage Radio listeners are the absolute best listeners out there. Sure. And, and they
1: have the intellect to chew up the meat and spit out the, the bones exactly. of everything that we set on the table.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and we love hearing from our listeners. So if you've got something you want to say, send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And that's good for questions. That's good for comments. And then, you know, one of the things we both love is the praise emails. that are just saying, you know, you guys are absolutely fabulous on what you do. You brought
1: do. my face off. <laughs> if I could only get my spouse to listen to you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of family reunions, Corey, it seems like every family reunion I have been to lately, whether it's Greg's side or my side, somebody's got a new baby. Uh, and, and and on Facebook, I've noticed that it just seems like every newsfeed article, somebody's got a new baby, either a new baby or new grandbaby or new niece or nephew or something or other. Uh, I'm not trying to liken women to livestock by any stretch of the imagination, but I've always said that springtime and summertime, that's the season when the cows drop their calves, (laughs) babies just start popping up everywhere. (laughs) The ladies can get mad at me for the analogy, not Corey.
0: Yeah, that's not me. I'm staying away from that one.
1: No no hate mail to Corey for the livestock
0: analogies.
1: (laughs) But uh, when we give birth to those babies, it's been a long time for me, 22 years ago and 19 years ago. I know it hasn't been quite that long for you. But when we hold that newborn baby in our arms, we never think about the fact that that baby is already a sexual being. Just by the fact that it's a boy or a girl. Yep. Just by the fact that it's human. Yep. And I also think back to family reunions where a lot of times it was in the back bedroom of whoever's house we were at that I learned quite a bit from Cousins. About the birds and the bees,
0: you know? <laughs> and and let me say that uh, coming off of the family reunion, I had that thought come through my head several times with my kids of like, okay, well, I
1: wondered if that's what you were alluding they're, to. They're yourself. with
0: older cousins now. What's going on? I mean, so I was always just kind of popping, in, "Hey, what you guys doing?" You know, just just kind of keeping an eye, being trying to be diligent, but it's like, man, I because I know exactly what you're talking about when I was a kid. Yep.
1: So. just making sure that Barbie and Ken still have their clothes on and are vertical, not horizontal. Right. Huh?
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, that's one way to phrase it, I guess. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, w- with, uh, Barbie and GI Joe yep. that I was introduced to that whole notion in first grade. But, uh, yeah, we, we never really think about our kids being sexual beings, but Corey, I, I know that we've talked a lot about sexual vocabulary between couples In regards to our sexuality lately, but I felt like it was important for us to do a show that is probably not going to turn anybody on by any stretch of the imagination. It's not going to be a hot topic that's going to get people all titillated, but it is a topic that we have to face. And that is, what about the vocabulary that we have to use to talk to our children about all things sexual? And I'm not just talking about elementary school, where babies come from, don't let anybody touch your private parts, that kind of conversation. I'm talking about the conversations that I have to coach a lot of my clients to have with their teenagers when they learn that their teen has become sexually active.
0: That's a whole different ballgame.
1: Yeah, and, and I know that you haven't approached that season of life yet where you're worried about that just right. yet, well, right? Well, I
0: haven't, I haven't approached it in my home, but I was a youth minister for six years. And so I had lots of heart-to-heart With some kids. So I I know what you're talking about. Yes.
1: And, And I think it's safe to say that a lot of parents are just in denial. Yeah. About what's really going on in their teenager's life. Yeah. And what kind of information this teen really needs to be armed with. And I think back to my own teenage years and how I had all the signs and symptoms that my parents needed to be talking to me, but they just weren't very effective in developing that strategy and therefore it only got worse and worse, uh, until in my early twenties, I got my head screwed on straight. And, um, yeah, I just lately, I feel as if there has been such an abundance of information given to teenagers about all things sexual (laughs) that I think has definitely emboldened them to do a lot of things in their early teens that you and I probably didn't even think was a possibility until our late teens. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, yeah
1: It's, it, it's sad but Yeah it's it is Yeah You and I didn't have Pornography available At the click of a mouse. No
0: not as easy That is definitely true
1: Right We didn't have it Available on our phone On our mobile device Anywhere we go I mean, We had to work really hard To get our hands On magazines Wrapped in a brown paper wrapper Behind the counter At the 7-Eleven store And you had to ask the clerk For it type of a thing Yeah So we just have to realize That Our teenagers are growing up in a far more sex saturated culture than we ever did. Right. And they are becoming sexually active a lot earlier in life for a wide variety of reasons. And I think the most important detail that uh, was missing from a parent's vocabulary recently, I was working with a, a lady and her teenage daughter. And her teenager just kept insisting, mom, you don't have to worry about me getting pregnant. Well, the mother, she couldn't see beyond, you know, the emotional feelings that she was having about the fact that her daughter was sexually active in the first place. And this had been going on for several months. Okay. And so finally, I interrupted the conversation to say, help us understand what you mean when you say, mom, you don't have to worry about me getting pregnant. Does that mean that you're not having intercourse? Does that mean that you're doing other sexual things instead right. of intercourse? In this girl's mind, and when she once she verbalized it, my blood ran cold. I'm sure her mother's ran 10 times colder. She said, duh, I have him pull out.
0: Oh, yeah. Not, <laughs> no, no, no.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and this had been going on for quite a while. Yeah. And yet her mother hadn't really dug through to learn... The misinformation that was in this girl, in this girl's mind, she honestly believed that as long as her boyfriend took his penis out of her vagina before he officially ejaculated, that there would be no way she could get pregnant.
0: That's and I, not a good philosophy.
1: Yeah. I explained to her that that's actually called the rhythm method and that there's a term that you use for people who use the rhythm method as their sole source of birth control. That's parents.
0: Right. Mom or that's dad. What,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly so it was only by the grace of god that this girl hadn't come up pregnant yet
0: yeah, yeah.
1: but she was very shocked to learn that um not only was pregnancy doing the pull out method possible um when i encouraged her that she had to had to had to get on some form of birth control she said well um I'll just, I'll get on the pill or I'll get an implant or something like that. She was willing to do that. And I said, what about condoms? She didn't want to get a condom because her boyfriend didn't want to use a condom.
0: Of and course. And I explained
1: to her, huh?
0: Of course. I mean, that's the, that's the standby of the guys. No, no, I don't want, no, no. Oh,
1: that just totally takes away no, from No,
0: that's totally, it's, it's your responsibility, honey, to take care of not getting pregnant. I mean, it, that's yeah. just the standard move.
1: Yeah, well, it's both their responsibility. I, I, I'm not things. saying I
0: agree with the standard move. I'm just yeah. <laughs> saying that it is the standard move of God.
1: Yeah, you can't just go by what he wants, obviously. Right. But she was shocked to learn that all these other forms of birth control that she was willing to go on because it wouldn't inconvenience her boyfriend and take away from the experience would do nothing to prevent sexually transmitted diseases.
0: Yeah, I was going to wonder when you were going to bring that into the conversation because that's a yeah. whole other ballgame, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was explaining to her that actually birth control doesn't prevent STDs and even though STDs may improve your chances, or I'm sorry, even though condoms may improve your chances of not getting STDs, they're really not very good birth control. I have a birth, I have a, I have a condom baby walking around my, our, our son, we were going to try to get pregnant with him in august but lo and behold we came up pregnant in july and we had been using condoms so it wasn't the end of the world that he came a month earlier than we had planned right but for a lot of other couples that condom baby is kind of yeah because
0: because that's that whole we were using protection so it should be able to uh handle and deal with Man, because nothing's gonna happen. We we've got protection going on. We're we're fine. No way will this happen to us.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) so it's very important that you do have a conversation with your teenager. And and I wouldn't say wait until you know that they're sexually active, because the reality is is they may be sexually active for months or years right. before you pick up on it.
0: And let me but- ask you this, Shannon, because this is something I've run into when I've done um, a chance to talk with parents about how to teach your kids about sex. Because this is a subject that will come up, because you know, you're know you going to have across-the-board parents as far as age of, of kids. And the big pushback I get, and this is especially from um, Christian re- or religious people, is, well, but if you talk about it, isn't that condoning it? You know, if you if you teach healthy contraception isn't that saying go ahead and have sex
1: see i used to think that too okay i I did when my kids were so young that i couldn't fathom them becoming sexually active i totally subscribed to that theory okay and then i learned that christian kids are actually far more likely to get pregnant out of wedlock because in their minds, if they actually had protection available, if they were actually carrying a condom, that would mean premeditation. And that would make them feel far more guilty than if, well, it just happened. Right. It just It was out of our control. Okay. So, you know, a, a lack of control in a, in an unprotected moment means that, I mean, you have a lack of birth control, period. Right. And so... Now that my kids are far more older and I've seen a lot of their friends who have also aged at the same rate, obviously, become sexually active. I've awakened myself to the fact that even though they've been raised right, quote unquote, even though they've been to tons of my sex seminars, even though they've read the books with us, it's still their choice. Right. And they may not make the right one. Right. But that doesn't mean that we can't talk about it if they do. Right. And, and I think back to when I was making the wrong choices as a teenager. And what I needed was for my parents to sit down and talk with me calmly and rationally and instill some wisdom and logic in me without judgment. And I think that I could have made much better choices than I was at the time. Right. But I, I am very committed to to equipping parents to at least develop the vocabulary to say to your kids, I'm not condoning the activity. My hope is that the day that you get married is the day that you will get to explore and discover all things sexual with no guilt, no right. shame, no past baggage, no pregnancies in your past, no abortions, no STDs, no regrets. But it is your choice. Right. It is your choice, and you you have to put that ball squarely in their court for them to really take full responsibility for their actions. Yep. And so to say to your children, understand that there is a difference between birth control and STD prevention, I don't necessarily think that that condones. I, I think that if you were to... Um, you know, go out and buy condoms and make sure that they're in their purse or wallet before every date. I think that that could be sending a message that you're condoning it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that proper education is is necessary condoning it.
0: Yeah, and but that's just the that's the pitfall of this approach. That that's the feedback we get that I get is well, but if you talk about it, aren't you condoning it? And I come at it from in a similar path as you is that. Talking about it is not condoning it. Talking about it is equip is equipping them for healthy choices and for better awareness of what's going on. So it,
1: talking about it is it is equipping them to make the wisest choices. Right. And in light of the fact that ninety percent of all people walk down the aisle as a non virgin, it, it's almost safe to assume. That unless your child is one of that special, unique 10%, and I hope to God that they are, and hallelujah, if they have been or whatever, but the reality is, is that most people, by nature, we're not condoning it, but most people, by nature, make that choice before they ever get to their wedding day. Right. And they, I, I think that it is important to help them avoid the consequences that are going to have ripple effects the rest of their lives, such as getting pregnant before Mm -hmm. they're financially ready to raise a child. Um, you know, I, I would frequently ask my daughter, if you were to enter a dating relationship and if you were to become sexually active and if you were to become pregnant, what would you choose to do? Would you choose to parent the child? Would you choose to abort the child? Or would you choose to give that child up for adoption? And it wouldn't take her long to wrestle with those three issues before she would realize that's too difficult of a choice. I don't know. And right. I would say, well, then I, I hope you understand that it's really important <laughs> that you not become sexually right. active. if you if, if, Because none of those choices are, are, are a choice that any woman wants to have to make. None of them are the best. Not saying that they can't be redeemed. and. Right. You know, but but as a teenager,
0: waiting. that's a, that I mean, man.
1: Yeah. You got a Can whole lot more
0: them? going on in your world than than needing that uh, on top of it.
1: Right. You're just worried about getting your letter jacket and making the cheerleading squad and where you're going to go to college and now all of a sudden you have to make a decision right. about this little baby's life right. and yeah. So the whole notion of understanding the importance of birth control if you do choose to become sexually active. Right. Very very important the notion of you have to use a condom to prevent stds and i remember this uh, same client when i introduced the notion of of you know std prevention she said well i've never been with anybody else so i don't have anything and even though he's been with other people he's been tested and he doesn't have anything and i just wanted to just scoop her up in my arms and cradle her like a baby and say honey It's time for you to grow up and not be so naive. Men lie. What? (laughs) Sorry, but it's the truth. (laughs) I'm not saying all men lie. I'm just saying (laughs) some men, if they know that sex is a potential. Right. Will lie about how recently they've been screened for STDs. Right. If given the chance. Right. That you should never, ever, ever believe a person at face value when they say I don't have an STD, because eighty percent of the time that person who's carrying an STD has no symptoms, so they think right they are clean right, but when they give it to their partner, oftentimes, I mean, sometimes there are symptoms that wreak havoc, and sometimes there are no symptoms which keep them blind to the fact that they have an STD and they pass it on to somebody else, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just really important to make sure that your children understand the concept of STD prevention, the concept of birth control. Now, let me throw another interesting little twist into the mix. I won't mention names, but I will just say that I was gathered together with some very prominent Christian leaders who were talking about the whole concept of if, if a girl comes up pregnant and she's not married. And one father made the statement that if his daughter came up pregnant and she wanted to choose to have an abortion, that he would not go with her. He would not support her in any way that he he would want her to feel the full weight of the emotional consequences (laughs) of that decision. The other father chimed in with a slightly different perspective. And he said, you know, I would make sure that she knows that I would do anything that I can to help her place that baby for adoption, that I would do anything within my power to help her get a good start. If she wanted to parent that child herself, but that if she did choose abortion in spite of my encouragement in other directions, he said, I would choose to take her and go with her. And at first there was a little gasp around right. the table, but then he followed it up and said, because if I don't, I would miss my opportunity to be there if I can talk her out of that abortion at the last second.
0: Yeah.
1: To be there to provide that emotional support, to cheer her on, to do the right thing, to say, it's not too late. If you want to change your mind, I'll, I'll, we can leave now. He said, I just wouldn't miss that opportunity to try to save that baby's life if I could. Right. And I thought, you know, that that's really admirable. But again, it just brought to my mind, we got to talk about this on sexy marriage radio. This is, you know, when we think about sexuality, we always think about it strictly in the context of our marriage, but we don't think about it in the context of our children's lives. Right. But it's so important.
0: And I'm sitting here thinking, not even to mention the whole, okay, maybe I could talk her out of it. Maybe I could be there and she has a second thought. I, I'm sitting there thinking of maybe I could be there with my daughter through this incredibly difficult time. and. And be a support to her. It's not about the decisions. To be a shoulder to cry on. Yeah, it's not about the decisions people make. It's about being beside them during them.
1: Right. And I had the same thought of, you know, even even if my child decided to follow through on that, as long as they knew where I stood, I would entrust that, you know, my philosophy with raising kids is I'm going to give you enough rope to hang yourself or tie a bow with it. And it's up to you what you do. Right. If that was their decision, I don't think that I could turn my back on them and say I won't be a part of it at all. Yeah. I, I think that I would have to say this is this is your decision. I'm willing to talk about it until the cows come home, right up until the very last second. But I want you to know that my love for you is not based on what decision you make about your future. I will, like my mother said, uh, there was one time when I had become I. I guess just promiscuous enough that my dad reached the point when he said we're just going to have to disown Shannon, and my mother's response was, My daughter can't do anything bad enough to make me disown her, <laughs> yeah, and I have always let that thought go through my mind as it's just been a huge comfort to me sure. to to just envision my mother saying, My child can't do anything bad enough to make me disown her, and I, I think I would feel the same way that no matter what sexual consequence my child had to face, they can never do anything bad enough to make me turn my back on them. Yeah. Especially since they are going to be raising whatever grandchildren I do get to have someday. Yeah. <laughs> and I want a good relationship <laughs> with my kids and my grandkids. <laughs> and so I, I think that what I want parents to hear today is whatever choices your child makes, it's not about you, mom and dad if you have done the best that you can in instilling as strong of values in them as you, as you can, and you've had the right conversations and they know that you're on their side and they know that they can come to you with questions and and they just feel you cheering them on. And yet they still make a decision that doesn't line up with your values. Don't panic because a lot of us did. A right. lot of us made decisions about our own sexuality that didn't line up with our parents' values at the time.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: you know, but it says in the Bible that, you know, to, to raise up a child in the ways of the Lord, when he's old, he will not depart from it. It doesn't say when, is he a t- when he's a teenager, he won't depart from it. Right. But I like to think that they eventually come back around when they see that unconditional love of God coming through their parents at them, no matter what choices they make, no matter how bad they mess up, no matter what kind of predicaments they get themselves into, can we look beyond their weaknesses to their needs And see that they're a hurting human being who need comfort and encouragement. And we can totally envision comforting a a teenage girl who just, you know, that our kids know from school or down the road or at our church or something like that. Well, the same compassion that we would muster to reach out to another human being, I hope we can find that same compassion with our own children if the time ever arises. And I pray that it doesn't. Yeah. I pray that it doesn't. But if it does, I hope that our children will see nothing but unconditional love and commitment from us as parents.
0: Well, and and I want to point out just the, the a common thread through a lot of what you've talked about Shannon that that really helps drive the point home is that when you have these conversations, whether they are after the fact which we hope by listening to Sexy Marriage Radio and by being proactive, all of this stuff is ahead of time. You know, all of this stuff is an ongoing dialogue. If we can dialogue. give you
1: preventative medicine, right. we've done our job.
0: Right. But that these conversations are done calmly, sometimes very matter-of-factly, just because when we get too wrapped up, that's when our kids hear not what we're saying, they're hearing how we say it.
1: They're fe- they're hearing judgment.
0: Right. And, and so
1: condemnation. So
0: they can probably just become very defensive and we all have that ability to just turn off things that, yeah, I'm not going to listen to this anymore, but I'll still sit here. Like I'm listening to it, you know, but if I can sit there real matter of factly, because back to the very first story you show, you shared about the the girl that was sexually active and, Oh no, he pulls out. I had the same conversation when I was in youth ministry with a group of my seniors and we were all on a trip together. It was just juniors and seniors. And on one of the nights we were at the hard rock cafe in Chicago And I sat with just my seniors. And so I had a table of like eight kids. And there were like three guys, five girls. And I just opened up the conversation of, hey, if there's ever anything that you've got a question on in your life that you have not found a good place to ask, now's the time. You know, it could be on sex. It can be on life. It can be on money, whatever. And so the conversation went all over the place. But one of the conversation threads was on sex. And I actually and I asked the ladies, the girls, I said, hey, Do you realize that you can get pregnant without him actually reaching climax if you're, yep. having, if you're having intercourse? And, and two of them were, What? You know, and I don't think any of them were really sexually active at the time, but I don't know that for certain. But the, one of my senior guys mentioned it, he said it perfectly. He said, Yep, it always sprinkles a little bit before it rains. So. <laughs> And I'm like, there <laughs> the you go. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. And so it's just that whole idea of, I think for a couple of those ladies, it changed things for them going forward in the sense of, okay, now I have a little bit more ammunition to know what I choose to do.
1: Right. And, and if husbands can't always control when they ejaculate, how in the world do they think they're hormonal teenage inexperienced <laughs> boyfriends? I, 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 it's just yeah. – it's not always in the realm of possibility no. for him to control exactly the moment that that first sperm swims out. Right. Yeah.
0: And So this is just that idea of – this whole concept of talking to your kids about their sex life and about their sexuality. Man, that is from birth until, what, they're out of the house and married and even beyond sometimes. I could still envision sure. married kids coming back and having conversations with parents. If the
1: lines of communication have been open their whole lives, it wouldn't necessarily have to change just because they got married. No. But, again, I want to make sure that the parents hear us loud and clear. Do not wait until your kid is old enough to start dating to have these conversations. If you wait until they're 16, 17, 18 years old, you may as well be asking them questions. Too late. You need to be having these conversations with them, I think, somewhere between the ages of 8 and 12. There yeah. are there are kids who are actually experimenting sexually with neighbors and friends and in the back of the school bus at, at 9 and 10 years old. Yep. And so give them the tools that they need to succeed, mom and dad.
0: Yes, because – and that's just it. You can be a great resource throughout this entire journey because you are a constant in their life. That they come home with you every day or hopefully <laughs> every every day. And so you get a chance – to just have this conversation inter- interwoven throughout life, and man, yep, and what it's a great not resource. a
1: one-time plumbing lesson; right. it's a series of ongoing conversations over and over at every stage of development.
0: Exactly. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for joining us, wherever you've been, taking the time out. We say thank you very much, and a shout out to CovenantSpice.com, our sponsor. If you go there and type in the word "radio," you get ten percent off your order. So if we've left something undone or you got more questions, send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We love hearing from the sexiest listeners on the planet. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope it's just great. I'm just going to leave it at that for this one from this show. So we'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye.